0: Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more.
1: Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlyle.
2: What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the life-enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. My guest for this episode is Joe Witten. Joe is an author, she's a speaker, and she is the founder of the website and blog Quirky Cooking. She's super inspiring. She's very, very knowledgeable about all things health related, uh, especially in regards to diet. And I really enjoyed speaking with her. So, without
1: further ado, Joe Witten, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
1: so, I thought we could start with the story of how your son literally transformed his life through transforming his diet. Can you can you walk us through what happened there, what he was experiencing and and what ultimately helped cure him?
0: Yeah, sure. Um it's always hard to know where to start because yeah. you know, it feels like something that he went into overnight. Like at the time it was like, what the? Overnight he just seemed to go into all this crazy phobias and anxiety and Panic attacks and seeing things and all sorts of stuff, and it felt like it was very sudden. Mm. But then, as we looked back and as I started to learn more about gut health and um, what led up to his crash, I realised that it had been it had been working up to that stage for a long time, mm. and we'd seen. Different signs, but not knowing what I know now, (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I didn't realize. Like, so from the time he was a tiny baby, he had trouble with um, food reactions. And like, even when I was nursing him, he was um, like struggling to feed. He was having trouble reacting to foods that I ate. He ended up very thin and constipated at about five months old. And um, the doctors said, you know, to, he had to go on to a formula because I just didn't have enough milk. And so it ended up, you know, I mean, so right from the start, we saw signs of gut dysbiosis, but I didn't know that's what it was, of course. And um, and what
1: what exactly is that, just for listeners?
0: Basically an imbalanced microbiome, gut issues, things that, um, signs and symptoms often start very young. Um where there's food reactions and constipation or diarrhea or there's, you know, a baby that cries all the time or can't, um, yeah, as they get older, you start to see more things like behavioral issues Mm -hmm. or um, sensory processing disorder or super sensitive sort of um, anxious behaviors. And he had, he was a really happy little boy but he would just scream at things, and he would get really anxious over things that didn't make any sense and get really upset. And I just thought, you know he's just a sensitive little kid.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: um you know he was he seemed okay as he got older, and he would he would get super constipated if he had any dairy. Mm. Um, so I tried to keep him off dairy. Um, like I remember if he had ice cream or something he would be just laying around for like 5 days really lethargic because he just wasn't you know moving his bowels and um and just very small and thin and he didn't grow as fast as the other kids um he was very smart though he didn't have any trouble with learning um but yeah as he got older i, I really I started to learn about diet and health and a little bit about gut health. You know, by the time he was around three, we were seeing a naturopath and trying to get some help. And um, we'd have that ups and downs, you know, I'd pull back on the diet. I'd go, right, we're going to go gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, <laughs>
3: whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And we'd do it really strictly for three months and we'd all be so much better, including him. And then, it would get, oh, well, you know, a little bit won't hurt. And, and slowly you descend back into, mm-hmm. you know, having the things that affected you. And then, um, and I noticed from the time he was about 11, especially the anxiety symptoms coming in. And that's a really common time for boys um, around 11 as they're starting to head into puberty, they start to really struggle with um, emotions. And he was starting to have phobias like of people, like a five-year-old girl. He was completely, like, irrational. He couldn't be in the same house as her. He would cry if she came over. He'd slam the doors. Um, And she'd never done anything to him. He just had a phobia of her. And he had um, fears and all sorts of things. And so he would be doing his schoolwork, and then if he wrote the name of a disease, because he was studying diseases and illness in science, if he wrote the name... Then he'd start crying and he'd have to rub it out because he was going to get it because he wrote it down. So this kind of funny behavior started happening and I didn't know what in the world was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I again, me being me, I pulled back the diet and said, right, we'll just start there.
3: Mm -hmm. And and
0: within a couple of weeks, he'd pulled out of it again. So I was like, okay, we just have to stick to – and by then I was doing grain-free with him as much as I could. But then I'd get slack again anyway. Basically, um, little by little, he got worse and the bucket filled up and overflowed when he was 13. And um, he he overnight started, um, yeah, just screaming and crying all the time. Um, he'd be looking over your shoulder, screaming that the rocks were closing in on him, the snakes were biting him, all these things that weren't there. But when he was sort of more lucid, he would say to you, I'm I feel like I'm stuck in my own world and I can't get out of it. And I know it's not rational, but it's so real. And if I don't do all the things that I have to do to survive, all the things like walking around the the breakfast bar a certain direction and putting the knives in the drawer a certain way and – um Not wearing certain colors and opening and shutting doors and turning lights off and on and going up and down ladders and all this kind of stuff. If he didn't do the repetitive actions and all these things, he thought either he was going to die or someone close to him was going to die. So it was really irrational, obsessive compulsive behavior, phobias, fears, anxiety, depression, you name it. Mm -hmm. And it just happened. It just like all came on very quickly. Mm -hmm. And within days, he was so bad that he couldn't shower himself, he couldn't, like he'd spend half an hour trying to go to the toilet because he'd be opening and shutting the door, flushing the toilet over and over, turning the light off and on. Um, It took him ages to get to sleep at night and then he'd suddenly wake up screaming and so all of us were just really not coping, we were just stressed out, we didn't know what to do and as you do you, you know, go online and research because I had taken him to the doctor and They didn't really know what to do either Mm -hmm. and um, we just live in a very small country town. It's not like we have any, you know, big specialists here or anything. You have to go to the big city for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started Googling (laughs) and (laughs) something just came to my mind because um, a long time ago, years ago, I had posted on my Facebook page one of those silly memes that were something like – you know, when you've got a really messy kitchen and you get your OCD friend to come over and they clean up. I don't know. It was some mm-hmm. joking thing. And I thought it was funny at the time, not knowing what OCD is. And I posted it and I had someone commented on there, this is not funny. OCD is a very real disorder and it's not something to laugh about. And I just was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I quickly deleted it, but that stuck in my mind. Because mm-hmm. to me, OCD was Washing your hands all the time and being scared of germs. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know it was anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat, I was sitting there at my computer trying to think what to, how to figure out what was wrong with him. And this is like years before. That just popped into my head, and I think that was a God thing. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> it just popped into my head just like maybe it's OCD. I don't know why I thought that because I didn't even know what OCD is. So I Googled OCD symptoms. And he had every single one, Mm. so phobias of people, um, phobias of certain, you know, things happening, the obsessive compulsive stuff, the fears of doing wrong and having to constantly confess every single thing you do in case you uh, die and, you know, fears of people, yeah, all these things. And so he had all of them. So I took him to the doctor and I said, and I was just like, both of us were sitting at the doctor's crying. And I, I said to my doctor, I think this is what he has. And so then she went through whatever questions, um, went through whatever questions they asked for OCD. And she said, yeah, he has a very severe case of OCD. Um, so she put him straight onto medication. And I'm not the kind of person that likes to use medication unless it's absolutely necessary, mm-hmm. but, um i said look i can't cope he can't cope none of us are coping just put him on the medication i said but i want to try and work on natural things and other ways of healing yeah and get him off it within six months and she's mm. like oh no 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 you know you can stay on the medication for years and it you can stay on it all your life and it's fine and i'm like no he's 13 yeah I don't want him on antidepressants all his
1: life that's really hard was it an ssri that they were giving him
0: um i'm not really sure uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it's basically an antidepressant, but a low dose. Okay. um That they use for OCD, a certain one. um it's Got you. F and, Anyway.
1: Got you. But it wasn't it like it made. wasn't like an ADHD medication, like a like yeah. an Adderall or anything like that. They use an SSRI, no, I probably.
0: I don't think so. Uh, okay. um It basically was to just dull everything down a little. I don't know. Maybe it was, but it just sort of calmed. Got you. Enough. But it, but it kind of made him a bit zombie-ish, if yeah, you know what I mean. totally. Like he was sort of vague and not really – like he's one of these kids that's a real bright spark and he's just firing on all cylinders at all times. His brain never stops, and that was part of the problem. And um, <laughs> <laughs> the, little, the little wheel in his brain just doesn't stop. Um, but it calms all that down. So it did – within a few days it damped down the, the screaming and the crying – and, uh, um, you know, within a short time, he, he was a lot calmer. But what what I did is really just jumped into all the research on gut health because I knew from things that I'd read and from experts I'd talked to and people that I'd listened to in seminars and podcasts that um, the gut is the second brain, mm-hmm. you know, the gut. The gut and the brain are so interconnected that if you have mental health issues, it's a sign of poor gut health. And I just knew all this, but I didn't know enough about it and how to deal with it. So um, thankfully, through the work that I do, I I get to talk to a lot of these people. And so I rang experts and asked them, and they just gave me one-on-one help and said, you really need to um, do a gut healing diet. And they gave me a couple of different options. And after researching, we decided to go with the GAPS protocol.
1: That's the GAPS so that's, protocol, you said? hmm Yeah. That, so that's, that's the gut and psychology syndrome diet?
0: Yes. Yeah. So gut and psychology or gut and physiology syndrome. Um, so it's a whole protocol and the diet is a big part of that. Um, And basically, you're pulling back the foods to really traditional healing foods that are very low in starches because that's the easiest to digest. Mm. Um, The starch, when you've got a damaged gut, it's hard to digest the starches. Um, And you're pulling out foods that cause reactions and just going right back to very basic. So we kind of, there's different ways to begin it, but we be- me being me I went hardcore and said right yeah we're doing this diet and absolutely we're jumping in at stage one and we're just so desperate we have to do this and good the for other you kids we're just <laughs> well yeah. at first the other kids were like oh
1: <laughs> oh the other kids in your family <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, I have four kids.
1: They're like, no, mom, we're not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just, I want they're, Cheetos. Yeah,
0: they're, like, <laughs> they're like, we want bread. <laughs> there was a bit of door slamming happening for a while, but um, very quickly <laughs> and tears. Uh, and that was not the husband, but it probably would have been if he was home, but he was away for three weeks, thank goodness, because he can't stand soup. <laughs> um, so I said to them, look, we need to do this for your brother. Yeah, um, And I explained why. And they're old enough. You know, they were teenagers, most of them. And so they understood and they wanted to help him too. And so, so they said, okay, we will do it. So as a family, we all went on to this really strict diet. We lasted about two or three days. And then I just went, oh, this is so hard <laughs> and I am not prepared. So we went back to the this sort of full GAPS diet, which is very, there's a lot of variation in it. And okay. it was much easier. We did that for a month. And then we worked back into the early stage, first stages again. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, we saw changes Mm -hmm. within probably within um, four months, or three months, he was doing so much better. So he was going to a psychologist as well and doing the cognitive behavior therapy, okay. um, which they do for OCD to help them to fight the fears and not give in every time they have a fear or a phobia or an obsessive compulsive urge. Mm-hmm. It's to help them to start with really small fears and learn to fight those and then when nothing happens and you don't die then you go okay i'm going to try a bigger fear so he mm. started working on all that
1: is that, that part really of the protocol as well for the the gaps protocol do it's they not, recommend cbt
0: they sometimes like a lot of people do it but it's not part of gaps it's just what psychologists will get you to do got you but i did i do think it was helpful but the funny thing is he didn't do it properly because within a couple of months a few months he was doing so much better because his gut health had improved so quickly that he was skipping whole chunks of the therapy and just like mm. dashing ahead and the the psychologist would be scratching her head, going, Oh, oh, he doesn't need to do steps two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> He's already on nine.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Um, and, and so, you know, I said to the psychologist, Is this just the medication that's helped him to really respond so quickly and like within I don't know, a couple of months. He was so much better that, like before he couldn't even leave the house, he was so much better that he'd gotten a job at the local supermarket. Wow. And he was the most outgoing kid on the checkouts and everybody loved and they would like want to go through his cash register.
3: <laughs>
0: and he was out with his friends and he was laughing and happy again. And I said to the psychologist, is this just the medication? Because if it is, I'm really scared to take him off because what if he crashes again? Yeah. She said, it's not the medication. She said, usually within a couple of months, the doctor has doubled the dose. Mm-hmm. He's still on a tiny, like half or quarter of a small, no, half of a small tablet. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what the dosage was, but he was on a very small dose and it never went up. And she said, she said, it's not, the, um, it's not the medication, it's what you're doing. Wow.
3: Uh, and
0: around six months, I was speaking at a health seminar and he came with me and spoke on stage with me to 200 people about youth mental health and the diet that he was on. And he was just so confident and happy and excited to be there. And she, the psychologist actually came to the seminar and she was just like, yep, it's the diet. Wow! She was quite, totally on board. Um, and by then, like, we'd go back to the doctor for checkups, and she was amazed. Mm-hmm. And at, when we'd first told her we were going to do this special diet, she kind of just
1: looked away <laughs> and didn't say anything. Because <laughs> how long ago was this?
0: Six months. How? how and, oh, sorry, now. Yeah, um, five years.
1: Five, five years. years. Okay, so the whole the whole gut health craze hadn't really hit yet.
0: No, and even now, it's still. You know, when you go to a doctor, a lot mm-hmm. of them won't really look at gut
3: health. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I, when we went back at the six-month check, she was so happy with his progress that she called the student doctor in and said, come and listen about this diet. <laughs> 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 so that was cool. Oop, oop. And she's she's very supportive, my doctor. She's also a friend of mine. But, you know, they're not taught this stuff. And even a couple of years ago, I went into the doctors with him for a checkup and Told him all the, told the, there was a student doctor there that was fourth year medical school doing, um, you know, his prac. And um, he said, So what have you been doing? Actually, it was, it was an appointment to me. And so I started telling him about the gut health diet and, and what we'd been doing. And he's like, Wait, wait, what do you mean gut health? <laughs> and I was like, Pardon? And he had no idea what I was talking about. And I'm like, Do you, uh, I'm try- I said, Have you heard of Leaky Gut? No. Have you heard wow. of I'm just like, fourth year medical student. Wow. He didn't he didn't know about this stuff. That was 2 years ago. Wow. So, yeah, it's still not really mainstream yet, but it's getting there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is problematic. But, I I heard a statistic mm. from I'm not sure if you're familiar with Chris Cresser. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, brilliant guy out of out of yeah. Berkeley with the Cresser Institute, but I heard him say a statistic that the average patient only spends 7 minutes with their doctor and yeah and then is is out of there and yeah in that time it's it's impossible to really dive deep and see the underlying causes of a lot of these issues that a lot of us are facing and and thing
0: is from one cause
1: exactly exactly And and on top of that we he also said that which i thought was super interesting is that the united states is only one of two countries that allows. Um, pharmaceuticals to be to be advertised to the public so we also have this epidemic of consumers saying like hey I saw this commercial they go in for their seven minute checkup and they're like I'm I'm only going to be happy if I get that Zimbalta or whatever it is
0: Well, I've seen that in my own family because my parents are American. And Mm. when we traveled over there when I was a teenager, we were blown away by the advertising on TV because we've never seen that in Australia Mm. on pharmaceuticals. And then my own mother, who is very beautiful and smart, but she would go to the doctor and say, I want this medication.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just was like, oh, this is just the wrong thinking, Mum." Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's so problematic. And and another analogy that actually Chris used was that the, the whole functional uh, medicine analogy is that if you have a rock in your shoe, and it's causing you pain, our typical model right now is that you go to the doctor and you have pain in your foot. So you get prescribed aspirin, because you saw an aspirin commercial that helps you deal with yes. pain. Whereas functional yes. medicine says, hold on, why why don't we just take the rock out of the mm. shoe? You yeah, know, and I hello. think that's very powerful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Mm-hmm. Well, we just really – I was really saddened by the idea that, you know, a 13-year-old child goes into the doctors and is told, you can be on antidepressants all your life, it's okay. Yeah. Isaac is a very smart boy. He went home and read all the, um, you know, this stuff about the pros and cons about the medication. Mm-hmm. He went online and researched it. He's a real researcher. And so he's like, Mom, this kills brain cells. Mm. It says that on the on the medication packet, you know, and, he, and so he wanted to get off it as soon as he could, but then he was scared too because he was scared he would go back to where he was. Yeah, but it exactly. Took him, it took him about 11, 10 or 11 months, and then he, um, he actually ran out of the medication and we were on holidays and he um, went a few days without it and started to feel better and his mm. thinking was clearer and mm-hmm. he was like, Oh. Yeah. And he said, "Mum, I'm he said I'm not going back on
1: it." Don't. Good and for so him. So he
0: went off it. Yeah, and he um he went back to work and he said, "Mum, it's like I can think so much clearer and sharper and I can count the money better and all this at work." Um so that was great. And he's never been on back on medication again. That's 5 years. He's 18 now. Um he does have his ups and downs with, you know, the OCD. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that you will always struggle with anxiety and OCD if you have that tendency, but yeah. he's never been like he was back then mm-hmm. and it's usually something triggers it like an illness um, and hmm. he will get anxious about disease or illness. That's his main trigger.
1: That's interesting. Um, I wonder if that has to do with inflammation, mm, if his body gets more yeah, inflamed. I think when so, he's,
0: definitely, yeah. definitely. And that's what I always say to him. I'm always, okay, what causes inflammation? Sugar, yeah. vegetable oils, stress. Mm-hmm. Um, we go, you know, starchy, refined foods. So then he goes, okay, he pulls back on the, <laughs> you know, because te- teenagers come yep. home all the time. Yep. Um, they get a bit slack at times, especially after five years. You know, you should go, oh, I'm doing so well. I'm going to have ice cream, chips, and whatever when I'm out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so he, he does know what to do now. And he even said to me the other day, "Mum, I want to do another run of gaps when I come home because he's away at the moment.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, he said, because I just feel like I need that boost again. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
0: it's just so good to see him taking responsibility for his health and understanding what helps him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's nearly finished grade 12 now. He's studying three languages and computer coding and media studies. And like, this is a kid that couldn't do school for nearly a year. Wow. Um, And it just really, and you know, another thing I like people to understand is those first two years of healing, we didn't do any supplements. That was all food and lifestyle stuff. So getting out in the sunshine, running around, doing sports, counseling, walking um whenever he got a uh, anxiety t- attack sort of thing i would say let's go for a walk and mm. we live in a beautiful area with we just go out in the countryside and walk and talk yeah um so you know that's that's like simple wisdom traditional wisdom that that we should be doing every day of our lives but
1: yeah you know, we the live, problem we is live in the western world yeah <laughs> we want a quick fix and that's why the mm the temptation to take just a pill that fixes everything is so strong. And also, yeah. like, I, I was prescribed SSRIs a year and a half ago, and I was just in a dark okay. place. And it was, yeah, Um, I was desperate for anything. And I was eating healthy, yeah. and I was working out often. And I mm-hmm. I was doing what I thought everything, you know, right. And mm-hmm. I was in a desperate place. And I, I met with this guy. And in our first session, he put me on um, Lexapro, which is an SSRI. And Uh, It was like, all right. All right, Lord. Like I I thought it was, you know, God speaking to me like this is what he's suggesting. You've been praying about it a lot. This is your first meeting. Let's get you on this and see what it does. And um, I got on it and it it definitely kind of as you said like zombified me it just kind of nulled <laughs> me out and yeah, i didn't have extreme yeah. ups i didn't have extreme downs but yeah. i was having other side effects with my sleep and stuff like that yes. and i was like man this is not this is not okay and um i so i so i tapered off of it um but i'm i'm grateful that i went through that because i can kind of yeah. check that off as as yeah. something that doesn't work for me and i think it's important to touch on that there are millions of people who probably have have saved their lives from SSRIs and that absolutely benefit from it. But it's just it's just so hard because the SSRIs interact with each individual person's chemistry so differently that you're you're risking it as you're taking it because the doctors, like when I started taking it, my psychiatrist was monitoring me super close and saying like, how are you feeling now after one week, after two weeks, after three weeks and it was like because they just don't know it's kind of a shot in the dark. Like let's see how this goes for you because i've seen people do really well and then i've seen people become suicidal so it's just wow. something yeah people just really need to be aware of i want to get into that gaps um diet just a little bit what what was that beginning stage protocol looking like for you mm-hmm. guys like what were you feeding okay. him and then what did it look like after that
0: okay um it's funny when people look at the if they read the book Gut Psychology Syndrome and they look at the allowed foods list, it freaks them out at first. And I remember when I first looked into it, I was like, "We don't need that." And mm-hmm. then when Isaac got worse, I was like, "Okay, we do need that." <laughs> um, but it was really scary at first. But it's so funny when you start doing it, you're like, "Oh, oh, is that all it is?" Mm-hmm. So basically, you're it's totally simplified my cooking because I tend to be like I love cooking and so I tend to complicate things because I want to try everything. Um, and so it really simplified things because we went back to making meat stocks with meat meat close to the bone. Um, so you just short cook your meat stocks. So just say you put chicken or chicken pieces into a pot, cover it with water, add some salt and pepper, simmer it for two hours. Take out the meat, that's your meat stock. Mm. Take the meat off the bones. If you want to, you add that back, like add veggies into the stock, cook them up, add some meat back and then you've got a stew or Mm. a soup. Or you can, you know, that's the real basic part, the real basic food where you would start. So soft, easy to digest meat and veggies, no starchy veggies, um, no refined foods, just whole foods as close to nature as possible. So preferably organic pesticide free foods, but Mm -hmm. if you can't, then you just do the best with what you've got. And we didn't have all organic. We wished we could, but we don't live in a, you know, place where you can buy everything organic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, it would be very expensive. So we just did the best we could. And we got like grass fed beef and free range chicken, free range eggs, um, all that kind of stuff. And just did the best we could. And, Honestly, we just healed so quickly. Mm. Um, So plenty of good fats. So you start off um, dairy-free and then you slowly work up to having dairy. But I couldn't handle dairy all my life. I couldn't even, like in the last few years before we did GAPS, I'd gotten so sensitive I couldn't eat butter or ghee wow Um, which was very sad
1: yeah that's horrible
0: (laughs) yeah um and so when we did gap it took and this is another instance of what you're saying how we just want a quick fix but healing is never a quick fix not true healing it took me a year of working so hard on my gut health before i could handle dairy but now I can have any dairy and I don't react.
1: Wow. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And w- so when you said yeah. that you were you were working on your gut health, was it mostly like the, the bone broth, the stocks, yeah, and all that? So,
0: yeah, so getting the nutritious foods in that heal. So you, you meat stocks first, not bone broth, because that's a later food. It's okay. harder to digest. Okay. Um, so short cooked is really important because um, most people that have gut issues suffer from histamine reactions. And if you have a long-cooked bone broth, that's really high in histamines. Mm. So you need to start with short-cooked stocks, um, soft veggies, good fats, um, and you slowly bring in foods as you go. So egg yolks are one of the first foods you bring in, Mm -hmm. um, just raw stirred into broth or whatever. Um, And then you bring in the egg whites, then you bring in um avocado you know it'll be a different bit different for everyone it's a very individual thing like you test something depending on how reactive you are to the food there's different ways to test it so if you're really reactive you just do a skin test first on your wrist or whatever mm. but if if you've never reacted to a food then you bring it in you wait 3 days if there's no reaction you go on to the next food so it's quite a slow process for some people if they're really sick but we managed to do the whole intro diet in a few months and then we went on to full caps. So um, you're bringing in um, foods little by little until you get to the stage where, you know, you can have grilled and roasted meats about stage four and roasted veggies. Um, You can start having nut butters Mm. um, and that expands your diet. It's awesome. And then you start to bring in things like um, spices and herbs little by little or you can have fresh herbs earlier. Um, But the dried herbs, dried fruits, anything like that that's harder to digest takes longer. Um, They now recommend nightshades late in the diet. Yeah. Uh, um, I've heard that nightshades
1: are are pretty inflammatory recently. Someone on an airplane told me that and I was unaware. Yeah. I had never even um, so, heard the word nightshades before. I was like, what is this oh, guy talking about? He kept saying okay. nightshades. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? So I looked it up. It's like tomatoes and eggplant and bell peppers, potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. wonderful.
0: <laughs> well, apparently when, yeah, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride is the neurologist that developed the gaps protocol. And when she started developing it 25 years ago, um, people weren't as sick as they are now. And so it started with just the full GAPS diet and then she started to have clients that were so sick that they couldn't eat those foods and so she went um, started the earlier stages and in the intro diet for people that were really sick and now she's finding there's people that are so sick they can't handle any vegetables because it pushes detox symptoms so bad that they get super sick. So they wow. have to just start off with meat stocks and meat that's really like soft And then as that begins to heal the gut lining, the collagen and the proline and the glycine and everything in that connective tissue and um, in the stock, that starts to heal the gut lining. They can start to bring in a few drops of fermented – I didn't mention fermented foods. Sorry, that's Mm -hmm. a very big part of GAPS. Mm. Um, So you'd bring – for people that are really sick, they have to bring in fermented vegetable juice or sauerkraut juice, like one drop in a glass of water – once every few days kind of thing. That's how thick they are because that will really push detox. Um, But we were fine. So we brought in things quite quickly and healed quickly. But now that I work with a lot of these people going through um, healing from gut issues, I can see that, yeah, for some people it takes a lot longer. And there's so many other variables like mold illness and toxins Mm -hmm. in the home and genetics and you know so many things and that's where you really need a practitioner to help you work through it but thankfully we were a little more simple yeah yeah, <laughs> a little we've still got things we're working through actually <laughs> we all <So>. do <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah do you... it's, it's never ending just keep learning <laughs> totally
1: absolutely that's life that is life yeah do you supplement any prebiotics or probiotics right now or ever not
0: at the moment mm-hmm. um we did a little bit we did a little bit with um with the kids later in mm-hmm. the diet, they say it's not really any use right at the start if you've got a really leaky gut because it'll just go kind of, it'll just kind of go through you. You've got to heal that gut lining first and then you start taking the probiotic
2: okay. and then
0: later when, um, when your gut health is better, then you can start taking the prebiotics. Gotcha.
1: So
0: that's how it works in gaps.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I, with your work and what you do, and I know you speak a lot and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, people seek you out. You're on a lot of podcasts and interviews and whatnot. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've heard and been exposed to a lot. Uh, What are some other diseases or health issues or anything in that realm that You've heard or seen, or that you know, can be fixed through diet. Specifically, things that are typically prescribed medications. Like what? What are people taking okay. medicines for that they can most likely be mm. fixing through diet?
0: Arthritis. Um, if it's an autoimmune arthritis, especially um, one of the girls that one of the women that did my program. Um, so I have a gut health program online to help people work through um, gaps based basically um but any is that you know, on your website issues. yeah it will it's, it's just gap.quirkycooking.com.au Sweet.
1: i'll put that and, in the show notes
0: okay thank you mm-hmm. um and i have a, a integrative nutritionist and gaps practitioner that works with me in the program to answer people's questions and i'm basically helping people with the practical side of what does this look like in everyday life how do i cope with qu- Cooking for six people when I've got to cook all this food constantly, homemade. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm helping people with meal plans and recipes and cooking videos and that kind of stuff. And she answers the um, the more medical questions and does client, you know, appointments and stuff. But um, that's awesome. One of yeah, one of our um, clients, she had really bad autoimmune arthritis, and she was probably in her 30s. Um, had gotten to the stage where the pain was so bad, she couldn't walk, work, walk to school with her kids or pick them up from school walking.
3: Wow.
0: Um, she was on a lot of medications. And after a, a year or two of gaps, I can't remember how long it was. Um, she messaged one day just about in tears. And she said, I'm so happy. She said, I'm off my medications. And I walked to school today to pick up my kids. She said, I thought that was never going to happen again. Mm. Um, and that was mostly diet related. Um, just bringing down the inflammation. So most chronic illnesses are result of some kind of infl- inflammation. And if you have a diet that really brings down the inflammation, you're going to see improvements. Mm. Um, so even – Um, with mold illness and chronic fatigue and um, all these kind of things, you obviously have to do other things sometimes like um, taking supplements like bentonite clay and charcoal to pull out toxins through your bowels, Um, different, you know, like uh, fish oil and all these different things that you may have to take, but you do have to be on a low starch diet to bring down the inflammation and low, like get rid of the refined foods and so that's why gaps works so well for these people Mm -hmm. um candida um i don't think that's i don't know if that's something that people got medication for but a lot of Mm -hmm. people ask about it because it's very common in our sugar soap society Mm -hmm, um uh
1: probably all sorts of skin stuff too like all sorts of skin stuff
0: yeah i have another lady that yeah, I have a lady that worked for me for a while that her daughter was so bad with eczema that her basically just covered in it. Oh, and um, yeah, GAPS really helped her. And actually, the so my co-author of my last cookbook, Life-Changing Food, he was um, obese and covered in eczema and acne and um, really he was pre-diabetic. Um, he would have been at about 25 years old. And wow. he was, yeah, all his life he suffered from, um, ear infections and, you know, he was on antibiotics six months on, six months off from the time he was a child oh, no. because he was so bad. Yeah. And so he had Lebanon. no biome. No, he was from Lebanon and they went through the civil war and ate first, you know, um, mm. uh, what's Red Cross oh. food packages and, you know, it kept mm. them alive, but barely, yeah. <laughs> um, and he ended up so sick, um, on all the steroids and antibiotics and everything. And he decided, and, and so overweight, he decided to, um, he read the book. Um, oh, what is that guy? It's the auto I know it's the one about sugar being a hormone thing. Um, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The insulin
0: hypothesis. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: And, um, that, Changed his thinking around food, and he started eating basically a high fat, low carb, paleo-ish, gaps-ish kind of diet. Before all, all those things were things, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and um, he healed so quickly. He lost twenty eight kilos in a in a year or two, and his skin cleared up. And that was years ago now, and he's never been back. Um, with he's never been back on antibiotics and that was his whole life wow. he's never had steroid creams again he's like it completely and that was just diet
1: good for him
0: yeah and but, I was the opposite like I couldn't gain weight and I did the same diet and I gained 10 kilos in about a year which don't don't kilos. get me wrong yeah yeah that's right I needed it like I got down to 42 kilos when I was 35 years old wow so it's like i could and i ate every two hours i was always starving hungry
3: um but
0: obviously my gut was so wrecked that i wasn't getting the nourishment from my food yeah um and so once my body started to heal and i started to get the nourishment it's like thank you
3: yeah
1: yeah seriously (laughs) and if
0: you see photos of me the the um you know, you get these photos that pop up in your memories on Facebook. Uh-huh. And we'd been doing gaps for one year, and this photo popped up, and I just went, Oh my goodness, did I really look like that a year ago? Wow. And I a put year the later. two, yeah, I put two photos next to each other and put it on Facebook, and it went crazy. People were like, No way. Wow. My face shape even changed, like my jaw widened. Wow. Uh, my, uh, my eyes lightened. They say that's a sign of detox. Wow. Um, it was just in one year.
1: That is fascinating. So, yeah. Do you know of any uh, tests or anything like that that people can take to see what their mm-hmm. gut health currently stands at?
0: Yeah, if you go to an naturopath or an integrative doctor, you can get a gut permeability test. Permeability, mm, <laughs> say it okay. right. Um, and that's, but you know, it's pretty easy to tell if yeah. you have gut issues because you can just go online and go um, symptoms of poor gut health, and you'll find. A really big list. So there's uh-huh. things like eczema, psoriasis, any of the skin issues, um, the digestive issues, so constipation, diarrhea, um, IBS, any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. Um, there's the headaches and food reactions and histamine reactions and FODMAPs type, you know, reactions, salicylates, all that kind of stuff. There's the anxiety, depression, OCD. O- o- behavioral issues, sensory processing disorder, ADHD, um, all of those things are gut health related. And Dr. Natasha actually developed the GAPS protocol for her son because he was autistic and that's why she started working with him with traditional healing foods. Mm -hmm. And he's gone to uni. He's like, you wouldn't know that there's any autism there now. Really? so yeah that
1: is so fascinating so it's
0: really that's why she developed the diet it worked so well for her son that she started using it for her clients
1: that is so cool see i'm not crazy people lindsay are you listening to this my (laughs) wife everyone thinks i'm crazy but i'm not crazy (laughs) i feel better when i eat clean
0: (laughs) honestly should you honestly should interview dr natasha campbell mcbride she's amazing
1: i would love to and if we could, maybe after we record maybe we can get you can help me get in contact with her that would be amazing yeah i i interviewed dr tom o'brien do you know tom o'brien
0: yeah we did too Yeah, yeah he's great
1: he is great and he just i always have people it was like 15 20 episodes ago and i still have people just always like that guy rocked my world i'm never gonna look at food the same so all my listeners yeah. check that one out i think it's episode 35 and he goes into he explains leaky he got to to great yes. detail and he's so dang passionate i would ask him like one question and dude would go for like 40 minutes off on a tangent just like wake up just- people wake up yeah. It yeah. was amazing. He's very
0: passionate. Yeah,
1: he's awesome. I dug that guy. So what uh, does um what does your current pantry look like? Like what are some staple mm-hmm. foods that you keep in your kitchen always?
0: Okay. Always. Let me think what's on my um almond meal. I use that for baking along with coconut flour, seed meals, um, lots of eggs and lots of fat.
3: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So butter, ghee. Um, coconut oil, olive oil, um, tallow, homemade, um, chicken fat, bacon fat. I use all those, Mm. um, eggs, a lot of eggs, um, a lot of vegetables. There's always a lot of vegetables in my fridge. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, the grass fed pastured meats, wild caught seafood. I live in a good area for, um, meat and seafood because it's a farming area and we're right on the coast near the coasts and we have beautiful wild caught um reef fish
1: that's awesome
0: Um, yeah lovely barramundi it's the best um and then um i always have good quality salt and pepper i find when you're eating really simple food Even the quality of your salt and pepper will Mm. make a big difference to the flavor. And I have people say to me, oh, my goodness, that is the best soup. What did you do to it? And I'm like, (laughs) all it has is salt and pepper and meat stock and vegetables. And they're just like, and then I say, smell this pepper. And they just go, what? Because we have pepper that's grown locally. That Uh. is the freshest pepper I've ever, ever had. And it's the only one grown in Australia. So if you can find really fresh ingredients, that makes a big difference.
1: And do you crack Um, that pepper yourself? Do you put it in a grinder? Is it it peppercorn?
0: You can do that or you can buy the kibble and it's just all of it's fresh. It's just beautiful.
1: What about salt? Um, Do you prefer any like gray salt salt or pink Himalayan? Yeah,
0: I do. I do prefer the gray Celtic sea salt, but I know that there's issues with the sea contaminants and all that. So I also use, um, yeah, I use Australian river salt Mm. with kelp added because then you've got the iodine. And I don't really like Himalayan salt as much because it doesn't have the iodine, and that's so missing from our diet.
1: Okay, good Um, to know.
0: Yeah, and also it's a—it's not an infinite resource. You know, they're mining it, Mm. whereas sea salt just keeps—you know—it's sustainable.
1: Very good point.
0: Um, Yeah. So, um, what else do I have on my? Lots of nuts. I buy nuts in bulk and seeds. So mm. I have an outdoor fridge full of macadamias, almonds, pecans, peanuts, pe- pepitas, sunflower seeds, coconut flakes.
1: Wow. I buy
0: all of that stuff bulk. And then it's heaps cheaper. I buy my meat in bulk too and seafood. Um,
1: do you buy that locally or do you order that yeah. online?
0: The this the meat and seafood's all local the nuts Mm. and seeds i order online um through a co-op so i've been in yeah i've been in co-ops for about 20 years now and buying all my organic and pesticide free pantry ingredients through co-ops has saved me thousands
1: good to know Um, because
0: yeah if you buy little packets of things you'll just break the bank and <laughs>
1: yeah you bust do. the budget <laughs> yeah it is not easy to to eat organic mm-hmm. and healthy or it's not cheap i should no, say
0: no. <laughs> no but if you can get into a co-op where you're buying together and you get three kilos of this nut and 12 kilos of almonds and 12 kilos of almond meal and it works out to like well, it's totally different prices for you, so I won't bother. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's It just really makes it heaps more doable.
1: Yeah. And those and things. And we did that. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. We we started that back when we were on one small income. And I would just save a bit of money each week from the paycheck, um, put it aside in a bank account and by three months time, I'd have enough to do a bulk order.
1: That's awesome. And that's
0: how I did it. Good yeah.
1: for you. I've heard I've heard that nuts will spoil or get fungus or mold or something like that quickly. Is mm. that why you keep it in the fridge?
0: Yeah, I keep them in the fridge or freezer. I have a big chest freezer, and mm. I have an extra fridge. Um, the extra fridge is also for fermented veggies and sauerkrauts and things like that. Um, so that's handy to have.
1: Awesome. Mm. What does a typical breakfast look like for you? Do you um, eat
0: breakfast when? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm in a big rush I'll just have a coffee with cream, mm-hmm. uh, organic coffee with cream, organic cream which is also local. We have beautiful organic dairy locally. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and you know, I might just grab um uh, just have like a fried egg or something in ghee. Um or I'll have some bacon and eggs. Um I quite often make a grain-free flatbread and fry that in a little bit of ghee and have that with avocado. Mm. Or um bacon and avocado which is my favorite
3: yes absolutely um,
0: and we eat a lot of leftovers for breakfast so we'll have um soup meat stock with egg poached in it um we'll have you know leftover whatever
1: that's awesome
0: (laughs) and if i'm really hungry i'll fry a steak for breakfast and have a big blob of butter on top, and a big pile of sauerkraut next to it, and my coffee with cream. So that's one of my favorite breakfasts.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds delicious. This yeah. has been awesome, <laughs> Joe. Thank you so much. So, where can people find you online? Talk talk to us a little bit about your website, Quirky Cooking.
0: Sure. Um, so I started Quirky Cooking nearly eleven years ago to share um, what I was learning about um, eating for people, cooking for people with food intolerances, because that's how it all began for me, just trying to get around the food reactions. And I thought if I take out those foods, like I said, gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever, um, then that's just how you live and and you just find ways to make food delicious without those ingredients. So that was the beginning of quirky cooking. Mm. And it really took off because a lot of people do struggle with food intolerances, but then five years into it, all this happened with Isaac, and I realized, okay, it's a lot more than just taking out foods that you react to. You actually need to heal the gut so that you can eat a oh, wide yeah. variety of whole foods. Because we should be able to eat these foods. We should be able to have dairy and grains and mm-hmm. you, you know all sorts of things if they're prepared properly, if they're grown well, um, if they're you know done the right way, and if our gut is healthy, we should be able to eat them. So. Um, that's the direction I've gone. Now is getting back to just really whole foods. I still stay gluten free mostly, mm-hmm. um, except when I was in, except when I was in Paris. And,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, um,
0: but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's really um, uh, recipes and health tips and podcasts. Um, the program, like I said. Um, there's a couple of cookbooks and another one I'm working on. Um, and, yeah, just trying to help people to navigate the the overwhelm I think yeah. that people get when they have to change their diet and don't know where to start and the family's not on board and the kids are freaking out and you've got fussy eaters. <laughs> that's where I come in and say, okay, yes. let's work on this. So I, I send out a meal plan each week that's free just in a newsletter with r- links to recipes and um yeah, podcasts and all that. There's a lot of free stuff. And then there's also the cookbooks and yeah. program and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I noticed is that you're giving away a ton for free, which is awesome in today's yeah. world. So well, I, never, I appreciate that. I
0: never started Quirky Cooking as a business. It was – at first it was just my way of connecting to other weird people that ate like me. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and And, you know, I was living on a farm in the middle of nowhere and at night I would blog and write down my recipes and chat to people. And I loved it. And that was five years of of my work was just that no money. It was just a hobby really, and a way to help people. So cool. Um, And then they kept asking me to write a cookbook. And so I finally did. (laughs) And then it became a business. That
1: is so cool. (laughs) Well well done. Well done. I, (laughs) I encourage people to check it out. It's a great resource. I was on there earlier today, looking at some of the recipes and, I'm definitely oh, going to be exploring those and, and printing <laughs> some out. So definitely I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but I encourage people to check it out and your, your cookbook life changing food. I, I want to get you. into as well. So <laughs> Joe, thank well, you that so one's much
0: coming out as an app soon. I should just tell you for the American listeners. Yeah. So the cookbook will be available on um, iTunes on the, or I think it's, Anyway, any, yeah. I'll have to figure it out because I, I didn't develop it, so I don't remember where to find it, but I know it's iTunes. Um, anyway, sweet. it'll be out soon. <laughs>
1: really? How soon? Do you know? Do you yeah. have a date?
0: Um, it's finished, but we're just waiting for the last bit, so it won't be long. I'll S- let you know. Awesome. Yeah.
1: That's sweet. Yeah. Awesome. I'll definitely check yeah. that as well. Joe, thank yeah. you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you.
0: No, thank you for having me. It was really lovely to chat. Thank I you. I didn't talk too much.
1: No, you're wonderful. <laughs> All right, guys. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation
2: and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to CapitalFloats.com and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout. If you're in Northern California, you definitely want to take advantage of this.
1: Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram, at mylifeenchanted. Peace.